we found that committing to 30 minutes sometimes didn't work. Like sometimes it was a 20 minute conversation and it was interesting for 20 minutes and it was boring for 10. Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for and by podcasters. We interview podcasters for the real scoop on podcasting. Whether you're thinking about starting a podcast or have been podcasting for years, you'll find lots of inspiration, valuable lessons, and tips in our interviews. This podcast is brought to you by Podbean. Please visit podbean.com, the home for podcasters. Hey, Pod Pals. I'm your host, Jennifer Crawford, and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. Lorraine Ball is joining me on this episode to help us be smarter podcasters. Lorraine is the host of the podcast, More Than a Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners and a production of her marketing company, Roundpeg. Thanks for joining me today, Lorraine. Thanks so much for inviting me to come along. It's my pleasure. And I guess um, we're going to start out with some podcasting confessions. So this is sort of a podcasting confession. I have to confess to my audience that I've been on your podcast. Mm -hmm. And you were a great guest and I loved having you. And I am so excited to return the favor. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, right? Uh, In the indie podcasting community, I see this kind of support going on all the time where people will go on each other's podcasts. It's a way to tap into different audiences and, uh, you know, it's a way to promote yourself. So I think it works and I'm glad you're here and glad I could return the favor. Absolutely. And I, (laughs) I've I've been looking forward to it. So um, I, I will even forgive you if you ask me for some podcasting confessions. Though I, I was oh, the right yeah. to groan a little. Okay. I'm definitely going to ask you for some podcasting confessions because I think with our audience, uh, some of them being beginner podcasters where you're, you know, mistakes are are happening left and right. It I think it helps people to know that we all mess up and we all do these things. And it just makes us feel better about ourselves to know that we're not alone in this uh, podcasting stratosphere. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Um, I have a lot of uh, podcasting, potential podcasting convention, confessions, but this one's pretty common. Have you ever forgotten to hit the record button? Um, yes. Uh, and I wish I could say that it was only once, but, um, I will tell you, (laughs) I'll tell you about two of my, my, my funnier ones. The first one was with a really good friend of mine, Brian. And if you ever have a chance to invite him on, I think he'd be a great guest too. Though I don't know if he's doing podcasting, but he's really smart, very techie. And we were using GoToMeeting to record the session. And I even had a backup that I was running at the same time, just in case something went wrong. And we chit-chatted and chit-chatted, and I had the recording turned on. And then I paused it, thinking I was turning it on, and said, okay, enough talking about your kids and your family. Let's get started. And as I pushed, let's get started, I actually turned the recording off. Oh, no. Yeah. So the only thing I had recorded was, you know, him talking about his vacation in Florida, which was not what I was looking for. But the worst part is we got all the way to the end and I went to turn it off and I went, oh my God, I haven't been recording. And at that moment, he says to me, you know, I noticed that it said not recording, but I figured you knew what you were doing. (laughs) Oh no. So it was great. 
it was a good thing that he was a he's a good friend and and we laughed about it and we stayed a while longer and the second one um i i just screwed up and i didn't i didn't push play and i had to call the person back and i was really lucky because she had been a guest before we've never actually met in person but we have a lovely online relationship we um we share each other's social media posts. She had been a guest on my show before. She knew, you know, that the output was going to be worthwhile. So when I called her and I told her I had to re-record, um, she was very forgiving. And I think that's an important lesson, I think, for somebody starting out is just call the person, be honest. I screwed up. You know, we, we had a glitch. Um, she was very gracious and the second show was even better. Oh, that's great. And it's certainly, you can kind of spin it too. If you said anything that you wanted to say better or differently, now is your opportunity because we get to, that was just a practice. <laughs> We're going to do it all over again. <laughs> yeah. And now, and I am grateful that our program only runs about 10 minutes. So I'm not asking somebody for a huge commitment uh, when I tell them we have to go back and do it again. That's true. Very good point. Okay. So have you ever lied about your download numbers? Mm, you know, lie is such a harsh word. <laughs> um, what, I, what I will say is, and, and we've had the podcast on and off since 2009, and we've gone through periods where we've had terrific download numbers, and we've gone through periods where we, we haven't given the podcast as much love. And our numbers have fallen off. And so when somebody asks me about the numbers, depending on who it is, I'm like, you know, we've had as many as, you know, 2,500 downloads in a month. Now, we don't have that now, but we're working our way back up to it. Sure. So I think that's, that's a nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, yeah. I said, yeah, it's it's you're just fudging a little bit, but not not really because you you said you have been known to to get that number of downloads. So I will confess uh, myself. I think that's only fair that I um, in unintentionally lied about my download numbers, not for this podcast, but for a personal podcast that I I recently stopped doing after seven years. But um, during the life of of that podcast, um, about a year ago, we we won a local podcasting award. And wow. yeah, it, it, I mean, you don't win a lot of awards in podcasting. So, no. you know, we Congratulations. were, we, thank you. We were so honored to win. And it was sort of a local best of type of award. And we, it was completely unexpected, but so, so cool. And I was interviewed, we were interviewed, my co-host co and I were interviewed uh, for a little write-up in the paper that was hosting it. And I was honest about my downloads, but when they printed the article, they added a zero. <laughs> and um, so I said, you know, we had about 500 downloads a month and they printed 5,000 downloads. And I, you know, it was really their error in my favor, but and I couldn't really undo the damage. So I, I didn't really call to correct them or to have them make a correction. And I guess that was the little a little white lie I just kind of let happen. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's not really your fault because you weren't the one that made the lie. Well, and that's why I can sleep at night, Lorraine, because that's how I justified it. <laughs> <laughs> have, oh, you, um, 
Have you ever received a one-star review on iTunes? No, because, and, and this is really sad. I mean, even though we've been on iTunes forever, we haven't actively promoted the reviews. So we don't really have any reviews on iTunes that I know okay. of. So that's fair that's, enough. That's, yeah. Um, I would hope that I wouldn't get a one star or, you know, worse yet, that that would be the only review that I would have. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, at, at this point, we just, uh, I, and I think it's because a lot of, when I look at, when I look at my listener data, the vast majority of people that listen to us are actually listening to the podcast embedded in blog posts. They're, they are listening to it as part of other information they're consuming from us. And right now we don't have as many uh, people subscribing directly through um, the app, which is why I think we don't get uh, the reviews. But we're working on that. Yeah, sure. And I'm, I'm definitely going to talk to you more about sort of your strategy with your podcast since it's related to to your business. And uh, before I will also confess that this podcast uh, has received a one star review and I, I'm going to wear it like a badge of honor uh, because I have no choice. I can't make <laughs> it go away. So that's I think uh, that's enough confessions, I think, for one one episode. We've we've put ourselves out there. We're, we've been <laughs> vulnerable. Um, okay so let's let's hear a little bit about your podcast story i'd love for you to share how and why you started your podcast so um more than a few words has actually been around i think since 2009 i think i have some really early episodes and when we first started it's kind of funny because the format that we had in 2009 is actually the format that we've returned to in 2017. And we've done a lot of different things along the way. But back then, um, I was involved in a lot of networking organizations here in the city. And this whole giver's gain, reciprocal, I do for you, you do for me kind of thing was was very core to, to our business back then. It still is now, but it was really an active as we were kind of growing and getting established. And so I started doing these podcast interviews with essentially my referral partners. Um, I thought it was a nice way to showcase a company I worked with and then in return, they might maybe share something from my website in their marketing. So that was really the initial idea was it was going to be conversations with my friends. And we did them occasionally whenever somebody came by the office. Maybe it was a customer, maybe a referral partner. And that's where we started. And then we, we kind of started exploring these other formats and some of them were good ideas and some of them were, were not so good. Um, there was our live, um, we use a product called Blog Talk Radio and then we would download it and actually, and we've always used Podbean as kind of our core hosting and that's what we pushed it to other channels, but we had a live call in show. Oh my God. Let me say, <laughs> let me say that's not a great idea. Um, because number what one, happened? <laughs> well, okay. Number one, what happens when people don't call in? Oh. You know, you know. There's that. Um, there's so we would frantically text friends in the community and tell them they had to call in with a question because I, I had dead air. Um, or 
you know, I'm not a, a professional radio station. I mean, they vet callers. Like you don't get like that, those casual conversations on professional radio shows. Those people have been vetted. You don't get the crazies. Right. When you're running up call-in blog talk podcast from your office, you get the crazies. Oh, no. So we stopped taking <laughs> call-ins. So we gave up on that. Um, then we did something that actually was a lot of fun, but it was exhausting. Um, I would do an interview, and Allison, who uh, was my social media person, she would live tweet during the interview. And so even if you weren't listening to the podcast, you actually could kind of get the gist of what was going on because she was really good on Twitter. And that actually was really a lot of fun. But again, 30-minute interviews, a um, lot of manpower, and I wasn't, as a business owner, really getting the return. The other thing was that um, we found that committing to 30 minutes sometimes didn't work. Like sometimes it was a 20-minute conversation and it was interesting for 20 minutes and it was boring for 10. So then we gave ourselves permission to edit down. And then we really decided that this whole idea of pre-recording so we could edit out mistakes was the way to go. And so we started doing that. So that kind of lost the Twitter piece of it, but I think really improved the production quality. And we experimented with a lot of different formats. And really, <clears throat> for about the last year, we've been in this 10 to 12-minute conversation. And I think it's my favorite show. So I think we're going to stay with it. And it's really very similar to our roots. That's interesting. I, I really enjoyed hearing that you experimented with different formats because I was thinking, of course, to, to my own show that I had um, almost as long as you had your show. And, and we did the same thing. We found um, that we were experimenting with formats, I don't know, um, probably every year, a couple of years. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't know if it was just a matter of, hey, we want to try something new. We are creatively challenged. But I'm sure a lot of other podcasters are in the same boat where they, they want to tweak and try something new. And sometimes those things work and sometimes they don't. We we had sort of the same story in that we tried a format that we really liked, but it was so intensely um, work heavy. It, it demanded a lot of our time and energy. And it, in the end, it just wasn't sustainable. It was a great format, our favorite format of all, but it just it, it turned out not to be practical to maintain. So um, it, it's nice to hear other people kind of experiencing that same thing where they're just like, we've got to do what, what we can sustain and what works. Like we have to find that sweet spot. You know, I think that's part of the, um, uh, part of the process is figuring out, you know, why do you do it? You know, some people, um, have a story to tell. They have a particular perspective for us where we are as a company. Now it's an integral part of our marketing. And so what we're really looking to do with the podcast is kind of integrate it and use it to support the other marketing tools that we have. And so once we got really clear on, okay, this is not just Lorraine's hobby. This is part, a core part of our business. We could make decisions on that was fun, but it doesn't feed our primary objective. 
and and I don't know that that my objective is going to be right for other podcasters, but I think you got to know why you're podcasting. Oh, absolutely. Because you're right. Once you know, once you know that, then everything else becomes clear. That every direction and decision you make for your your podcast becomes a lot more obvious to you. So, Lorraine, I know that you um, your podcast more than a few words complements uh, Round Peg's business. So, I was just curious if you can give me some concrete ways it has helped your business, whether it's uh, helped you land a, a clients or if it's something that has um, made you an expert or um, in your industry or, or highlighted you as an expert in your industry. I just kind of want to get more details about that. Well, I the way I would answer that is I think that the show has done all of the above. Um, I got an invitation to work on a project for the city of Indianapolis. And the reason I got the invite was the purchasing agent had been listening to my podcast. And he basically met me through the podcast and then got on my email list and got an invitation to a live session I was running, came, introduced himself, we talked about the project, and he told me that that's how he was introduced to me. So that doesn't happen very often, but that was a lovely side benefit. The second thing that we do with the podcast is we started sending out something called the Monday Morning Resource Kit, and it contains um, a link to a webinar. It contains two or three blog posts on a specific topic, as well as some worksheets and some resources. But everything is around one topic. And we found that including the podcast in the kit actually increased the open rate and the engagement. So it, it really added that little bit of extra value to things that we were already doing. And the that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So we really, uh, I really like having that podcast in there. But the third thing that the podcast has done, and this has a tremendous amount of value, is it's given me a reason to reach out and connect with people. And you mentioned at the top of the show that you had been a guest on my podcast. Well, that actually started because you put a comment on a blog post that we wrote. And after you put the comment, we had a little bit of a conversation on the blog. And because I had the podcast, I had a way of sort of continuing the conversation and expanding that connection. And that's allowed me to connect with people who do what I do in different parts of the country and really build this lovely network. Yeah, and, and I'm so glad it worked out in my favor. So that's interesting. So I was I was going to ask you how if there was a typical way that you find and choose your guests, if it's just through your network, social media, that sort of thing. So it's a little bit of everything. Um, I belong to a an organization of um, uh, business owners, agency owners like me, all over the country. We got connected originally because we were um, all resellers for Constant Contact. And we have a lovely online Facebook group. And when I really decided to kind of re-energize more than a few words last year, that was the first group I reached out to. I put a note up in the group and I said, this is what I'm looking for. Tell me what you want to talk about. And I've had 
great conversations with people I know really well, and I've gotten to know some people that I didn't know very well. Um, the second thing I do is, uh, again, like the conversation I had with you, where we connected through blog posts, and I've, I've had several different people connect that way. And then the third thing, I've had people who actually have reached out to me. I was really excited. Somebody found us on iTunes, and he liked the podcast and said, hey, I've done other podcasts. Can I be a guest on yours? So lots of different ways. Um, and I also do some episodes that are just conversations with my team. There are things that are going on here at Round Peg, and every now and then it's fun to just interview them and share their expertise. We've got one that just dropped into the feed, I think, this morning on brand on rebranding, and it's a conversation with my, my lead designer and really talking about the process we went through at Round Peg as we kind of refreshed our brand. So I like to mix it up. I like variety. Yeah, I'm glad you do. I'm a big fan of more than a few words. And I actually listened to the rebranding episode and I thought it was really good. And being a business owner myself, I and in the marketing world, I find that subject, you know, never endingly fascinating. <laughs> so I really enjoyed it. So I wanted to go back to the length of your podcast because you made uh -huh. a conscious decision to keep it um is it 10 to 12 minutes typically? an episode, yep. and I wanted to drill down on why you made that decision. Well, two things. Remember that I said that a lot of our listeners are listening at their desks. And 30 minutes is a long time commitment in the middle of the day to stop and listen. The other thing, and this is just my own personal vibe, I listen to of podcasts. Anytime I hop in my car, I've got my headphones in and I'm listening to them. But where we live in Indianapolis, it's about 20 minutes to anywhere. So a show that runs 10 minutes is perfect. A show that runs 30 minutes, I'm always having to listen to it in pieces. So I, I was really creating a show for my attention span. The same thing with um, when I put my headset in and I go for a walk, about 10 minutes every hour just to get a little bit of steps in, I get a, a quick hit podcast. I actually do the three-minute news every hour because I can get 500 steps during the three-minute um, news podcast on NPR. Oh, I love that. I love hearing how people listen to podcasts and how they incorporate the, the shows into their lives and the episode link. Um, issue is is very much a piece of that. So I'm always very fascinated. And also just being in running a, a podcasting group, Podcasting Smarter, called Podcasting Smarter, and being in other podcasting groups, it's it's sort of a continual debate of what's the ideal length of an episode. I will tell you this about your podcast in particular, the reason I like the length. And I, I like you, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I tend to listen. I have a home office, so I tend to listen while I'm working. And so I like longer shows because I'm, I'm sitting here at the desk and I can, you know, kind of get into them. But one thing I will say about your podcast that I think is really great is that it leaves me wanting more. 
you know what they say in showbiz, always, show yep. business, always leave them wanting more. Like it's like, it's not, it's, it's a great digestible amount of content. And there's also, um, it's also got really good um, information in each one, like the kind of information where you should be taking notes kind of information, like good stuff. And, um, and yeah, and it, it's over. And I was like, I just want to listen to another one. It makes me want more. So I've been, you know, binge listening on and off the past uh, few weeks. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, gl I'm glad, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. And, you know, again, because part of what we're doing is trying to create a relationship with potential customers to get them thinking about us as experts. I really kind of follow the same rules in my podcast that I do in my downloads. You know, if you download a white paper or a worksheet from Roundhead, you're going to have that same experience. You're going to feel like you got good information. It's not going to be sales-oriented because I really object to that. It's good information, and it's usable in a little self-contained unit, but you're going to want more. You're going you're gonna to go, well, that was really great. Um, but I wonder what I do next. And so maybe I should call Lorraine. Maybe I should go back to the Roundpad website. Maybe I should take a webinar. You know, so there's always um, that this was good and I, I don't feel cheated. Because you know how you, you, you sit down and listen to something and you figure out it's an infomercial. Right. And they're selling you the whole time and you just get frustrated. I don't want to do that. But at the end of it, I deliberately want people to be like, wow, I. I want to call up that person, and whether it's me or my guest, I want them to feel like there's more I could learn if I got to know. I think you've definitely accomplished that for sure. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay, so I wanted to talk a little bit about your studio setup because you and I have something in common, and that is we are animal people, and <laughs> our pets will insert themselves into our podcast at will. And so I wanted to know kind of what your studio looks like and what your environment is that you record in. We uh, actually record in our office, and today I'm experimenting a little differently with a headset, and I think. The sound quality is much better than I get normally, and so I may even continue to do this instead. Um, honestly, I record a lot of my remote podcasts using GoToMeeting. I mm -hmm. set up a conference call with my guests. I record right through the GoToMeeting app. Um, and then when I download it, it downloads actually a um, a video file, and I have to rip the audio out, which I do. Um, I use a free online tool for that. But the sound quality is good. Uh, when I'm interviewing somebody here in the office, sometimes we use GoToMeeting. A lot of times, um, I just use the audio tool on my iPhone. I mean, I've heard I'm that before. Really yeah. high tech. That's okay. Um, I, I think a lot of uh, beginning podcasters out there will like to hear the term low tech when it comes to podcasting. <laughs> the, I, I think the real key is um, uh, taking a little extra time in the editing to try to clean up the sound a little bit. Um, sometimes I can edit out Benny's Charming. Uh, Benny is my, one of my two office pets. Sometimes <laughs> I can edit out Benny's Charming input. And sometimes I just leave him because a well-timed meow 
um, compliments a point somebody was making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he knows what he's doing sometimes. He does. He does. <laughs> okay. Do you um do you have anything that you're looking forward to with your podcast? Any any podcast plans in the future? Wow. Um, you know, we are having a lot of fun with it right now. I and and some of the fun that we're having is is beyond the podcast. Um, some of the promotion that we're doing, and we we just switched. And I think your show was one of the new graphics where instead of focusing on the person's name and title, because nobody knows who these people are, right? Is we started focusing on like a quote from the podcast, or the you know the you know just just something that that's more interesting, and we're getting a lot of really positive feedback on that. So we're we're looking forward to doing more interesting social share graphics, I think is is a big part of it. Um, continuing to talk to interesting people. And um, I don't know. I, I I don't know I don't know at this point because things seem to be working nicely that I'm ready to make any kind of a dramatic change. There is no 30-minute live show in my future. I can promise you that. <laughs> There's no live call-ins that are going to be happening anytime soon. No, no. Uh, no, I want to talk just a little bit real quick about um, how you promote your show because I noticed on, and you, I think you talked a little bit about this already, but I noticed on your website where you have all your episodes, including mine, and everything looks really slick and professional, I noticed that, you know, there are, are um, several prompts to sign up for the newsletter so that you can get the podcast in your inbox. And I realized that I don't see a lot of podcasters doing that. And I thought that was really, really smart. And I was wondering, do, do you find a lot of people do subscribe from your website we, to get that in their inbox? We are, um, we just started the, um, I, I would love to say this, this was my idea. But I actually <laughs> copied this from somebody else. Uh, as I was looking at different podcasts, I saw this get an email. And I thought, oh my god, we do email all the time for all sorts of things. Why not do the show notes? And so we've only been doing it for about two months. And we've got a nice little list growing. It's not huge. But we get we get people who who sign up and specifically want the podcast. And um, it just seemed like such a good opportunity. It seemed, it seemed silly not to do it. Because we, we do it when you register for a webinar. We do it when you download a white paper. Why wouldn't we do it as part of our podcast? Yeah, I think it's, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's really, really smart. So kudos to you on that. Thank you. All right, Lorraine, if you can give a new podcaster one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, I think you have to have fun. I think that more than anything else, if the conversations are, they can be informative, but if they are lighthearted and comfortable and it's clear from you, your voice and your tone that you're enjoying the experience, your audience will enjoy the experience. If everything feels very stiff 
and very scripted, it's kind of hard to listen to because it's sort of flat. So I would say enjoy it, invite on guests that you are excited to talk to, and have some fun. Well, that piece of advice has amazing timing because I have a couple of fun questions for you. Okay. <laughs> I'm <right>. nervous. <laughs> I know. Don't be nervous. Don't be nervous. Um, but I am going to put you on the spot a little bit. So, Lorraine, if there was a podcast about your life, what would it be called? podcast about my life, it might very well be called, well, I didn't expect that. <laughs> I love it. I would listen. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it's, it's so many of the things that I have done when I look back and kind of look at where I ended up, there was no clear path to get here. But yeah. this is where we are. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. That's, that's life in a nutshell. Okay, and then the final question is, it, this is your fantasy podcaster. You can choose anyone, living or dead, to have a podcast. Who would you love to subscribe to? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, oh, RBG, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would listen, because I just think, um, you know, she's the original Wonder Woman. I, I, I saw a quote by her the other day, and it just made me laugh. Somebody asked her, you know, how many women do there have to be on the Supreme Court before you think, you know, for you to think it's enough? And she said nine. Nine, yeah. She said, yeah. She said, you know, there were nine men. Nobody thought that was weird. Why shouldn't there be nine women? Lorraine, I just ordered a t-shirt. I'm not lying. Uh, yesterday, I ordered a t-shirt and it's um, the outline of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's head. And then it says, until there are nine on the inside. I just ordered that. So <laughs> I knew I loved you. <laughs> what what we crazy so timing. It's kismet. Oh. It's total kismet. I love it. It is. Well, <laughs> well, Lorraine, thank you so much for doing me the honor of coming on Podcasting Smarter. Our audience is going to benefit from your knowledge. Thank you so much for the generosity that you have shown with it. Um, I wish you all the best with the continuation of more than a few words, and I cannot wait to listen to next week's episode. Uh, thank you so much. This has been so much fun. I can't wait to continue to listen to some of yours too. Oh, thank you so much, Lorraine. And uh, I'm sure we, uh, we will be, yeah, I don't know, on each other's podcasts again someday, I hope. I hope so. That would be a lot of fun. Yes, it would. Well, until then, thanks again. Bye now. Thanks for joining us for Podcasting Smarter. You can check our show notes at podcast.podbean.com for links and details. Please like our podcast, leave your comments, and help us spread the word to other podcasters so we can bring you more great episodes with podcasting tips and inspiration from fellow podcasters. If you want to connect with other podcasters or get interviewed on this podcast, please join our Podcasting Smarter Facebook group. We look forward to welcoming you to the community. Happy podcasting. <laughs>